Hello and welcome to Sports Talk Therapy. I'm Sean alongside Colin and Finn. And uh, yeah, I just introduced us in again because only one mic's working and I'm sitting here. Yeah, I just uh, <laughs> scooted over here, hit record on the Zencaster, uh, stopped the beautiful, uh, I don't even know what genre of music we would call that that was playing before this. It's like some uh, some upbeat jazz. We're, no, we're not talking like a slow, relaxing jazz. We're talking uh, like something to get up and dance to at like a, a wedding, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that sounds about right. Not that I've only been to one wedding, but hey, there we go. I think the Indians just scored as Finn's reacting. They yep. did. They're in a rain delay again, but they just scored. Um, so, yeah, it was a rough night last night for the Indians. I'm going to be keeping a half an eye on that throughout this show. Because they could get eliminated tonight, and that would make me very sad. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to break down all of the Week 3 NFL action. After football being gone for so long, it's kind of crazy. They would just have already had three weeks of the season go by here. Another action-packed week. We got some games of the week, players of the week, all of our usual segments coming at you today. Would anybody like to kick it off with their game of the week? I can kick it off. Uh, my game of the week, not all that exciting game of the week. Uh, however, I had to pick it. Uh, Chiefs absolutely smacked down the Ravens uh, on Sunday. Lamar Jackson looked fine, just didn't look like himself. But Patrick Mahomes, man, just really, really showing off Who's boss? Who's the MVP? Who's the Super Bowl champ? And absolutely running away with this game. Uh, from the onset, the Chiefs took advantage of everything the Ravens did. They made their defense, which could be the best in the NFL, look awful. And they're just really, really good. Uh, there's no other way to say it. They don't really have a huge weak spot, per se. And I feel like this is just showing off. It's like, hey, like, you all picked the Ravens. We're still here. We're not going anywhere. As long as Andy Reid can see through that foggy mask, we're going to get W's. Patrick Mahomes is a huge day, 31 of 42, four touchdowns. And, uh, yeah, um, but I'm not giving up on the Ravens yet. Uh, they haven't won come from behind yet. I don't think in the last two seasons. Um, last 20 games or something. Uh, when they have a 10-point deficit, they can't get a win. So Lamar needs to figure out how to take that dynamic playmaking ability and translate it into um, – oh, the mic's on? Hmm? Oh, there we go. Start bouncing. Uh, this is how, you know, we have a bad studio. that I'm keeping an eye pinned on the little <laughs> bar beaming back and forth. But, uh, but, yeah, Lamar needs to figure out how to come back because if they're ahead, they're dynamic. They are 18-0 when winning by 10 points in a game, but they're 0-5 when losing by 10 points. So they've got to figure out how to turn that around. But Chiefs Kingdom still going strong and Kansas City looking very, very good. Uh, I'll go for my game of the week. I'll go Bills-Rams. Um, this was a crazy game. The Rams were up 25, I believe. 28-3, um, most dangerous lead in sports. The most dangerous lead in sports. And the Bills came all the way back. Uh, Josh Allen. All the way around. No. Bills up 28-3. Rams come all the way back. Bills win at the end. Yes, yes. It was like yes. the Falcons, but not the Falcons. Yes. Actually getting it done. Right, but should they have? Mental, we'll get mental laps there. Josh Allen went crazy again. Um, Rams looked good, though. You know, I saw the Rams earlier in the game. They were not looking great. They pounded a little bit. They came. They, you know, the, the Rams, they fought back. Respect. Darrell Henderson looked good. Goffs looked better than he's... Looked since that last season, um, since the season with the Super Bowl. 
he was terrible last year, and now he's he's back. It seems to be. Gabriel Davis looks great. Our, our our Wildcat King. Yep. Yeah, I mean Josh Josh Allen's got to be what if he's not him and Ross are the MVP leaders right now for sure through three games. I mean, it's been crazy. He's been fantastic. Um, if you could pass the microphone my way real quick, i got a quick Josh Allen stat for you. Again, if you're listening on either TuneIn or 89.1, uh, the microphone's being a bit weird. I don't really understand what's going on. Um, not sure if you can hear us or not, but we'll see. Uh, quickly, here is my Josh Allen stat. First of all, one thing that I saw over the weekend, Josh Allen, as well as he has been playing, he is the king of the full send in the oh, yes. sense that in this game, in the red zone, he got a minimal gain running the ball and just decided, you know what, I'm just going to throw it to the sideline to a receiver out there. And uh, the receiver didn't catch it. It could have been catastrophic, but he ended up making it through. But the stat I have for Josh Allen is that in his career, which has been two years so far, he hasn't had a single 300-yard passing game. He has three this season. Yes, in every single game this season, he's thrown for over 300 yards. And he did not do that even once in his first two years. That is an amazing stat. He has come a long way, and he definitely looks like a franchise quarterback. So, uh, happy for him. Yeah, he's looked awesome. I think ever since uh, this season with Brady moving out of the East, it's been like, okay, like I can assert my dominance here. Sam Darnold does not scare me at all. Two is two, three years away. And uh, he's really just taking the next step up, and it was great to see him do it on the Ramps. And uh, yeah, the mics aren't working. I just want to tune in. But what is it? But what's going through? What's the, what audio is going through? It's like buzzing. We're back to the bu- the buzzing bees here. Mm. So uh, yeah, but Josh Allen, um, <laughs> great quarterback. That's all I can say. I had my doubts as well, but hey, he's come up this year and outperformed Patrick Mahomes two out of three weeks on my fantasy team. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So my, I was going to bench Mahomes this week. Thank God I stuck with him. Uh, carried me to the W in uh, another league. Beautiful. But Wait. what's creating that audio? That's the that's the question we have. This is going to make no sense to people listening on Zencaster or Spotify. But we're looking. At the microphone, and we're talking. This is the microphone we've used for the past two weeks. The ticker is going up and down, but it's not working. This is why I was so confused. So I'm uh, I'm mid rant here. I'm talking about uh, how the Chiefs are really good. How I'm not giving up on the Ravens yet, and the little microphone things bounce back and forth with like the uh, the sound waves, I guess. And I look over, and they're just dead flat. And I look at Finn, and I say, they're not working. And I say, they're not working. He picks it up and starts bouncing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, they're not working. So uh, we're on Zencaster and Spotify. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that'll do. If we have any live Indians updates, we'll get them tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's unfortunate. Hopefully one day all the microphones will work in here again. And, and we can just be happy. Come and be optimistic, man. Dude, Believe in something. They're not going to fix it until maybe Christmas break. No picture of Chris Break, we're done. Now, Colin, you got to have the optimism because we're playing golf three days in a row. <laughs> um, so there's a lot that can go wrong here, <laughs> but there's also a lot that can go right. Colin and I can have a, uh, a tournament. We both shoot a couple over par. We're good to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, or we could have trouble walking on Saturday See, afternoon. One of the two. Sean, if we play bad, it's a world break, so it's fun. You, you, guys should, you guys should play Sunday, too, and make it a whole uh, tournament. See, then I can't watch football. 
we could. Um, but actually, my sister's coming to tour, so I think I'm giving a tour, even though you're giving a tour. My sister is a tour guide. However, I was told that I'm giving a tour. Good, good. That's so, good. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I think I can walk backwards and point to buildings and <laughs> show them around. <laughs> All right. Uh, live update for those listening, not on Wednesday the 30th. The Indians-Yankees game has resumed. I'm sure that's very important to everybody listening in the future here. But anyway, my game of the week here is going to be the Chicago Bears. That is some disgusting yeah, that's not good. buzzing sounds. I might just... Back on the. <laughs> if the jazz wasn't so loud, I'd be in favor. What, 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 what we're gonna do at a certain point here is I'm gonna. No, you know what? We're gonna figure it out. This is gonna be some jazz at some point in the show, and I'm gonna turn the music back on after I finish this segment here. Anyway, <laughs> my game of the week is the Chicago Bears winning thirty to twenty six at the Atlanta Falcons. Bears get to three and zero, and Falcons fall to zero and three. Oh my God! The Atlanta Falcons did it again. I I have this written down for later in the show, but it's just appropriate now. Um, I believe I made the Falcons my little weedle. Um, <laughs> that's bad. Um, I can just talk about the Bears if you want. So I, you can no, I'll, I'll give you a little taste now. So right. I, I was basically saying that um, I called them the Atlanta Falcons. Was I read in an article? Uh-huh. So that was pretty good. And. They're sort of like watching like a superhero movie, and they're like the villain. Like they're winning like ninety percent of the time. They got this huge evil plan, mm-hmm. except it's not Infinity War, and Thanos doesn't win, and the superhero always comes back and like rides off happily ever after in the sunset. And the Falcons are always on the short end of the stick. They're always looking really good. They're flying high. You got the dark colors. They're nice and evil, and then uh, the superhero comes in, saves the day, and everyone but the Falcons lives happily ever after. Yep, they were up 16 points going into the fourth quarter. Chicago scores 20 unanswered in the fourth to win 30-26. to And this is, meanwhile, they benched Mitch Trubisky in this game. They said, no, you're not getting it done enough. And they turn to Nick Foles, fourth quarter legend, who leads the comeback here. And I don't even know if I can give like Nick Foles enough credit for it. It's just the Falcons have so much just, they just can't keep a lead. They just can't. And I I mean, did Foles play well with three touchdowns? Yes, but he also had 13 incompletions and interceptions. So he wasn't perfect. But there's something about Nick Foles coming in like <laughs> at the end of the game and just not being the guy. Because when he's the guy, he doesn't perform. When he's the backup, he's good. So I love the psychology here by the Bears. Mm-hmm. Signing him, uh, bringing him in, giving up assets, then not playing everything. Like, okay, what are they doing? This is what they're doing. They're getting that Foles energy going. Yes, exactly. A couple other things to note about this game here from the Bears' perspective. Although Mitch did get benched in this game, we did get to see for the first time, I don't know, what do you guys like better, Lamar Trubisky or Mitchell Vick? Mitchell Vick. Mitchell Vick. Uh, He had a 45-yard scramble in this game, which was actually kind of electric. Shows you what he could do with his feet, but uh, again, it was just one carry there. Uh, Allen Robinson appears to be less sad and is apparently happy to be a Bear now. He had 10 catches for over 120 yards and a score. Jimmy Graham had two touchdowns in this game. Apparently, he's still doing things. And uh, the Falcons, at the end of the game, the Bears had a chance to tie the game with a field goal. It was third and long, and they just left Anthony Miller wide open for the go-ahead touchdown. Like, it was just a joke. Yeah, the the Bears might be the weakest 3-0 team I can recall in recent memory. They've got a really stellar defense. I guess if Foles comes in, this offense has enough pieces, but... 
it's just kind of deceiving record. Like, wow, three zero. They played really well. It's like, eh, kind of, maybe. Hey, that's. I mean, you stack up wins like this early in the season, you're looking at a chance to get to the playoffs, especially yeah. in this expanded playoff field for this year. So good for them. Uh, from the Falcons side, I still think they have a lot of talent. And I, while well, you know the joke has become they blow leads, doing it in two straight weeks, doing it in the Super Bowl. I still think they have a lot of talent. Matt Ryan's a really good quarterback. Uh, Julio Jones was not active in this game. That definitely hurts them a lot. I still think they have a chance to compete this year, but uh, not a good look. Not a good look for them at all. And that is my game of the week. I just realized, Sean, that we don't need to have this microphone close to our faces because it's not going to pick us up anyway. Maybe if I just hold it really, really close. Really uh, close. Last week when uh, it wasn't working, and I believe Colin put the, what do you call it, the, the, the pop catcher? Or what? Pop filter. The pop filter over my head is a hat. Um, that didn't work either. But <laughs> yeah, we'll just scoot the mics out of the way and uh, have Colin talk loud enough that Finn's laptop picks All him right. up. So I'm going I'm to do something here real quick because I don't know if people actually listen to 89.1 while they're driving, but I don't want them just to be hearing static. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to turn back on the smooth jazz, but it's going to sound very loud in here, but I'm going to shut off the speakers. So for approximately 20 seconds... People listening are going to hear ear-piercing jazz. Just prepare yourselves for about 10 to 20 seconds. You may want to mute it while I do this. If somebody wants to talk in the meantime while I'm doing this, feel free. Sure. Well, uh, Colin, did you, do your, you did your game of the week, right? Colin did his game of the week, so uh, we're on to the next segment, Players of the Week. And there we go. We're rocking out. My player, he's super smooth. He can go along with smooth jazz. I already talked about his Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he... Had a stellar week, really showing off with a lot of flashy plays. And, uh, you know, if it's enough lyrics to be a little better to talk, it's a little, a little awkward for jamming. Uh, but, yeah, Mahomes was silky smooth, uh, like Jax in this game. Uh, went off and really showed the world that he's the best player. And I love the quote by, I forgot who it was, Finn, who said if he's worth, if he's got paid a billion dollars, he'd be underpaid. Yeah. Like, all-time quote right there. Uh, Patrick Mahomes showing everyone who's boss. And Where is it coming from? <laughs> is it coming from, like, the... It's not coming from there. It's coming from the monitor? Is it? <laughs> it won't stop. All right, maybe it was to a show with some nice, like... People who are actually listening to this can just, like, switch your inspiration station. That sounds good. Just switch to the jazz station on the actual radio. I mean, at least it can't be as bad as freshman year, first episode I was doing with Chris. My first experience with the ads, I selected two at once, and one was in Spanish. <laughs> so we had two ads playing back to back. One was something about save the trees, and the other one was save in Spanish. Save the trees! The other one was in Spanish. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was definite. <laughs> How do you change volume on a Windows? I think um, it was a thing on the bottom right. Should right? be in the bottom right, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, uh, updating the Indians game. Uh, they just scored. Yes! Front mill? RBI single for front mill or something? Um, scored two runs. Sorry. Two? I didn't see who hit it. I was too busy. Distracted by the smooth jazz and Finn trying to figure out the volume button. Aha! We did it! There we go. Yes. <laughs> it was oh, I can't see who it is. Well, I think it was 
We'll see. We'll see. Whatever. The, now, it, Fran Milray scored. I don't know who. Love it. We love it. Good start. And it was 3 nothing Cleveland. Uh, he's <laughs> picked me up for uh, for the Indians. Yes. Okay. But, yeah, I just went off by Patrick Mahomes and Finn, player of the week. Player of the week. Oh, wow. We're jumping right into it. I mean, that, that jazz was really getting to my head there. Josh Naylor. Josh Naylor. He, he, he had a great night. He went 4 for 4 last night. Anyway. My player of the week is New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara, who absolutely showed out on Sunday Night Football despite losing to the Green Bay Packers. I say running back, but that's kind of in jest here because he only had six carries in this game. Yes, he did have 58 yards, but he only had six carries. He did his damage throughout the air throughout the entire day. He had 100... I wrote this down wrong. I meant to say 13 catches, not 143 catches. That would be a great game. 143 catches. He's averaging under a yard of catch, and he scored twice. That, that would be pretty amazing. He had uh, 13 catches for 139 yards and two scores. He had one absolutely incredible beast mode-esque catch and run where he juked around five defenders, sidestepped a couple more, and scored from about 50 yards out. It will go down as a stat sheet as a 50-yard touchdown pass by Drew Brees, but Drew Brees had absolutely no part of that. Kamara just juked everybody out of the way. Um, I don't think he can carry the entire uh, – and the Indians are going to score again. Let's go. I don't believe that Kamara can carry the Saints offense throughout the entire season, but he will keep them afloat at least long enough until Drew Brees recovers. And, yeah. He definitely can, as Roberto Perez rips a double, rips a single off a playoff Masahiro Tanaka, who's supposed to be very good, but he's not. Uh, but yes, Finn, as you mentioned, until Drew Brees gets everything sorted out, I think Kamara can keep them afloat. And once he does and they get that dynamic offense going again, which I'm confident they will this year, um, I don't think Drew Brees at that point where he's completely done yet. Uh, once he gets that fire lit once again, I think they can be a, uh, a dangerous team in the NFC. Maybe not. As dangerous as usual, but still can make enough noise. Yeah, absolutely. Callan, Offensive Player of the Week. I'm going to go with. Um, you know, I'm pretty. I, I said last week that I could just pick Russ any week when I'm feeling lazy. You know, I'm feeling lazy. So you know what, Russell Wilson, how do you do? We probably did go oh, 315 yards, five touchdowns, no picks. Cool. That that works. Dude, Russ is every single week just absolute balling out. It's it's crazy. I don't. Uh, Len Russ Cookman is a just a ridiculous, ridiculous. I can't believe they didn't do this earlier. This is just stupid. This is going to be a showly reminder because I mean every week I'm expecting us to gush over Russell Wilson's performance. Uh, like Sean said, I think a couple weeks ago we said it again last week. He's been in the league for eight years. How did it? He's already won a Super Bowl. How did it take this long for them to actually like let him throw the ball? Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, Brian Schottenheimer's a joke. It's a joke. What he is like, uh, like the guy in the Madden Bowl joke. Yeah, That's like... joke. He's saying that Brian Schottenheimer is a joke. Oh, very key qualifier right there. There we go. I'm gonna make a comparison here. Might be going out on a limb. I think Russell Wilson is Jacob Degrom. Both very good mm-hmm. at the beginning of their career. Both very respectable. Both made an all-star team or pro bowl. I mean, Jake Brown didn't win a world series. I wish he did. Not yet. Soon. Steve Cohen's coming. But uh, first few years of the career, like very, very good. Very above average. Great player. And then 
they hit the prime age of what was Charles Dolson, 28, maybe? 29, 30. 29, 30. Yeah. 29, 30 Jake DeGrom a little older, 31, 32, and just hit their peak. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Uh, I'm trying to talk the Mets into everything here. I'm just sad they're not in the playoffs and I'm watching baseball. I'm sorry. We can add them to this functional theme commentary because, <laughs> as I have written down in my notes, I did not watch a second of the Giants game, and it was completely intentional. Yes. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. What, oh, yeah, when you pulled the baseball reference there for Jacob DeGrom stats, I thought you were going to make some comparison about Russell Wilson's baseball career to something. People forget he was in camp with, I think it was the Rockies and the Rangers at a certain point. Yeah, he... he uh... The Yankees brought him in a couple of years in a row as like a uh, show guy, and he can actually play. He's a really good player. To be honest, he profiles more of a shortstop than a quarterback, but hey, he's got that arm, and no one needs to care about his height. He's mobile, he's got a cannon, and he's deadly accurate. Yeah, he's fantastic. So uh, enough on offense. We're going to de- defensive player of the week. Um, I cheated again. I didn't take a player. I took a team that I think – is getting a lot of talk because of some of the offensive signing that they made in the headlines, but their defense is really solid. I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, through three games, they're allowing just 20.3 points a game while allowing the second lowest yards per carry and the seventh lowest quarterback rating. Really, really solid here. If they can keep this up and Tom Brady can get enough points on the board and look like a New England offense from maybe two years ago or three years ago, not dynamic, but hey, really good. You're going to put up somewhere between 25 and 30 points. And if this defense can play this well, they're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I mean, the past couple of years with Brady in New England, it was more of a focus on the defense than the offense. But for much of his career in New England, everybody talked about, oh, if he had an elite defense, these teams wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't lose. Well, he's a bit older now, but he's finally getting that defensive help. So that's definitely good to see for the Buccaneers. All right, my defensive player of the week um, I thought about the, the main reason that I made this segment was to kind of highlight some players that are a little bit off the radar, maybe, you know, show some love to guys that don't get talked about in the media as much, but I, I just, you just can't ignore Aaron Donald. Sometimes he had two sacks and a forced fumble in this game. He completely dominated the bills offensive line, even though they lost, he was a big part of the reason why they were able to come back from down 28, three and take the lead in the fourth quarter. He just destroyed anybody he went up against. He is the best player, regardless of position, in football. Yes, that includes Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the most important player in football, but Aaron Donald is the best. He is a beast, and um, one, he is one of the many reasons why I can no longer play offensive line because of guys like that. Yeah, definitely. And Finn, you mentioned that you made the segment to talk about low-profile players. I thought, like, who's that guy I picked last week? I couldn't even remember his name. Shout out again to Micah Kaiser. Micah Kaiser, yes. Um, yeah, that's bad if I had to look up who I picked last week. But uh, that tells you how much you know about my picks for our game picks. I don't remember how I did. Still a lead. There we go. That's all we, that's all we need to know. Colin, Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, Down goes the mic. Oh, I didn't even see that. There's a... Uh, Auxiliary mic that mic, probably also probably doesn't work. A mic not attached to anything that probably has just as good a chance of working than all the others. <laughs> It's like round dude perfect here with the, the fake mic and I just knock it yeah. over and makes noise. Wait. Oh no, it's, oh, no, it's going to work. That's because we're playing the uh, we're playing the jazz. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Xavier Rhodes. Go back. After having a really, really bad twenty nineteen and getting caught really just the roads were open for a while. 
mm-hmm. wide open. Like anyone who wanted access to the road was allowed access to the road. This week, not the case. Picked off two passes. One went for six. Uh, according to PFF, shout out Finn. He had the best coverage grade of the week. Looks like the guy that we used to see at FM Xavier Roads when the roads were in fact closed. There was a lot of construction on the road. There was a uh, there's a flood. Oh, dude, the roads were so closed this week it wasn't even funny. Now I gotta ask you a question. While the roads were definitely closed this week, yep. does the fact that this came against the Jets mean that? A detour was taken from an open road to a closed road, and then it's going to turn back into an open road? Or is this road going to be closed for the foreseeable future? So, the road was semi-closed in the two weeks leading up to this game. Okay. It's more closed than it was previously. So, it's not going to be, like, shut down, like, cut the whole thing. It's not gridlock. No, but it's not going to be, like, Wide open highway like it was yet like last year either. Like you're gonna be stuck in traffic for a little bit oh, here. Yeah, for sure. There's gonna be some some uh, some issues. And Giancarlo stand home run on the concourse and Finn is spinning around. Ah Damn it. No one's on base. Four one Indians. Alrighty. Moving on to rookie of the week. Sean picked the clear and away number one pick. Would you like to tell the people who that is? I do, but I'm in last week's outline because uh, I was looking at Mike Kaiser. So <laughs> I know I picked Justin Jefferson. There we go. Justin Jefferson, uh, the stud out of LSU. Um, I didn't even try to pull a PFF fact here, but I did, Finn. Third highest grade by a w- rookie wide receiver since 2006. That's a lot of games by rookie wide receivers. I don't know how many, but um, probably a lot of combinations. Where do you uh, binomial distribution, a geometric, a... Uh, Maybe throw some socks in there too. Poisson. Uh, I'm not a fan of Mr. Poisson or no. the uh, the moment generating function. No, I did not understand that. I watched that video today. I did not understand that. Yeah, no. Finn and I have another stats test. We just had one, yes, but hey, we're uh, maybe we can figure out the number of games played by rookie wide receivers in 2006. But uh, Justin Jefferson caught seven of nine passes for 175 yards and a touchdown, 75 yards after the catch, and. Seven first downs. That is some big time play. And not only was this like impressive, he did five of these catches were came for 130 yards against single coverage. That's beating your man every single time. Uh, just really balling out. And uh, unfortunately, his team is not really benefiting too much from this. But I think they'll get it turned around in the long run. Yeah, Jefferson absolutely balled out. That's what you expect from your first-round pick at least some point in the future, maybe not in week three of his rookie year. Uh, his one touchdown was a 71-yarder where he beat his man, like you said, juked out of safety and went into the end zone. And now i got to ask you, did you see the video of his touchdown? Uh, I saw a couple videos of his catches. I do not recall in particular if I did. Colin, do you remember his touchdown? What's the show? Justin Jefferson. Oh, yeah. The dance. The dance. He... At about the three-yard line, started doing a dance before he got into the end zone that I can only describe as like... Like DK Metcalf? Oh, too no, soon. Too soon. <laughs> Not like DK Metcalf. But, yeah, he catches the ball, gets past the safety in the corner, puts his arms out around the 10, and like starts kind of like looking like he's going to do a broad jump, but he's also skipping at the same time. And then he puts his like fingers over his eyes, like the fake goggles. Like I, I have no idea what was going on there. 
it was just so clean when he made the juke at the 20 and made the cornerback crash into the safety and then just looks at them and just starts to dance. Yep. Uh, that's Justin Jefferson. Great week for the Vikings rookie wide receiver. My rookie of the week, I am incredibly excited for this one. Do you know why? Uh, is he on the Patriots or the Browns? He's on the Patriots, but that's not the reason why I'm excited. I'm excited because it's an offensive lineman. Whenever I get to talk about an offensive lineman, I absolutely love it. The most underappreciated people in football, the backbone of every team. I'm going my rookie of the week is Patriots guard Michael Onwenu. The rookie out of Michigan made his first career start at left guard this week. He played the first two weeks in the Patriots jumbo packages as the sixth offensive lineman where they would line him up at tight end and use him as an extra blocker. But this week, he got his first start at guard, and he absolutely balled out. PFS, highest-rated guard, not just rookie guard, highest-rated guard in the entire league of the week. Paved the way for three Rex Burkhead touchdowns. He was fantastic. Belichick found another late-round lineman that he can develop, and I couldn't be happier about it. You see, the Giants picked, what, three this year? Least, I can think of two, but I, yeah, there might be three. They drafted two. I'm pretty sure they signed them as well. And... uh this guy in the sixth round, that just tells you how we're doing. All right, Colin, Rookie of the Week. Wait, who did Sean say? Jefferson. Oh. I'm going to go with James Robinson. Um, guy looks like a freaking stud. He's fast. He's agile. He looks. He's making the uh, NFL look like the FCS. I mean, the guy's a freaking monster. I mean, the fact that this guy went undrafted is just absolutely insane. Now, Colin, do you think they knew this about him when they got rid of Fournette, or this just kind of just no, stumbled? I think along? they completely lucked into this. I agree. Um, <laughs> it's like a Victor Cruz type but situation. Where I think it just like, speaks to the fact that like you can find running back talent so with so little investment. I, I just don't think by then like there's so many great running backs, man, who just didn't. Like we see the best, a lot of the best guys, just like they don't—they're not as highly touted coming out, right? Because running backs, they gotta be in the right situation to succeed. And, and I think that this offense has been better than we give it credit for. But James Robinson's also just been fantastic. The guy's a stud. Uh, he's gonna be good, I think, for a long time. So good, good for James Robinson. He had 77 yards after the catch on Thursday Night Football, 83 total receiving yards. <laughs> The funny thing about it is he wasn't asked to be a receiving back when he was at Illinois State. No. He was purely a runner, yeah. and then the Jaguars bring him in all of a sudden. They're going to use him as a running and a receiver. I mean, he's made a seamless transition from the FCS to the NFL. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing what he's doing. Now, I agree that you can definitely find a lot of great running backs without a very high investment, but the thing I'm starting to notice here is if you look at the best running backs in the league, they have all – Almost all of them been picked very high. Relatively high. I'm talking first two rounds. There's some exceptions. Don't get me wrong. You say there's a lot of exceptions relative to other positions. I think you look at the percentage of productive running backs who are taken really high versus, like, you're in – I mean, you look at the best quarterbacks in the league, I think you're finding almost entirely first-round picks. Maybe – Dak is like the one who comes to mind who's not nobody else. I mean Tom Brady. There you go. But like <laughs> Tom Brady also started playing twenty years ago, so and he's been like the emblematic. But I mean, running backs, you got like you got you got a good amount of guys. I just think like I don't know. It's interesting. 
it's an interesting it's an interesting question to because like for the Lions, right? Like why I mean we yes, DeAndre Swift looks good, but I mean there's guys like James Robinson, there's guys like Austin Eckler, there's guys like Philip Lindsay, right? Who are all productive guys we could have gotten late. And then you can spend that second round pick somewhere that matters. So I think this is an interesting thing. So you're the Cowboys, right? You took Zeke at four. Right? Would the Cowboys be better right now? Who do they take in the second? So in the well, second. if they took Jalen Ramsey instead of Zeke, yeah, they so, would be better. Like you could have taken, even if you spent a second, you could have taken like Derrick Henry in the second round. Like the Cowboys with Jalen Ramsey and Derrick Henry versus the Cowboys with Zeke and over their second. I don't know, their second round. Even if you decide to pick like, one of the better second round picks, like I don't know, I feel like the talent other positions it's a lot harder to find a great. Or a really productive guy in other positions versus running back. But not taking anything away from Peter Robinson. He's fantastic. Stud. He's going to be good, I think, for a while. Fair enough. Fair enough. I respect that. All right. Moving on to dysfunctional team commentary. And this may be an all-time first here. We have not one, but two wins for the dysfunctional franchises. And I would like to take a moment of silence for our dear friend, Sean. Who is the one left out? It's uh, it's gonna be a while. Um, so I put in our outline here that my first bullet point is I did not turn on the Giants game. It was completely intentional, and I'm very happy I made that decision. Uh, yeah. So Sunday was my birthday. I did not want to subject myself to this sort of pain, and I was like, all right, like I'll give them till halftime. They're doing all right. Like maybe I'll turn it on. They were not doing all right. They were getting dominated by. The 49ers, like, oh, made the Super Bowl last year. That's good. Uh, no, they're getting dominated by, like, the 24-and-a-halfers. They had about half their squad um, with Jimmy Garoppolo out, Raheem Mostert out, Tevin Coleman out, George Kittle out, Richard Sherman out, Bosa out, everyone out, Solomon Thomas out. Um, who did they play? I honestly don't know. But um, – they destroyed the Giants, and Finn's bringing on the smooth jazz again just to calm me down here. So before. apparently this volume also controls this. Ooh, sweet. So, yeah. Something have gone very low. And the Giants lost 36-9 to basically a bunch of backups and even some practice squad guys, and they made them look like they were the undefeated Super Bowl champs. It was completely pathetic. Daniel Jones looked not good at all. Only threw for 179 yards in the interception. They gave up 430 yards, only gained 231, and the majority of that was just in garbage time. It was very ugly, and uh, once I got the notification of the final score, I was like, yep, I made a great decision not turning on this game. And, uh, yeah, it's going to continue in our game picks, just me picking against the Giants until they get it done. And uh, they have not shown me anything to think that they're going to get it done in the coming weeks, uh, especially this upcoming week against the Rams in SoFi. Or in SoCal. No. North Cal? Where? It's L.A. SoCal. SoCal. In SoCal at SoFi Stadium. There we go. Not in SoFi at SoCal Stadium. Oh, we figured it out. Let's go. Great job, Finn. <laughs> Smooth jazz for all the people driving within like a five mile radius of the school. We there. did it. We do it. For, we do it for the little guy. All right. You got anything else to say? 
Um, oh, uh, also, the 49ers didn't even go home, which makes sense. Why would you fly across the country? They stayed in West Virginia. Now, I'm going to ask you both. If you're staying, if you're flying in from California, let's say you're just visiting a friend, and you're visiting a friend in New Jersey, maybe you stay in New York, or maybe you stay in Philadelphia, if you really want to get like some travel, I don't know. Why on earth did they stay in West Virginia? It's great. I couldn't tell you. The only thing I would think of would be big enough area that would have a hotel that would deal with all the COVID regulations where that'd be kind of empty. But that also doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, they could have gone like upstate and like it all. They could have gone like literally anywhere, but hey. Uh, they're up in the mountains in West Virginia. Uh, I don't know what they're feeding these guys. The backups came in looking like all-stars. and uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure West Virginia, the school, Virginia Tech, uh, basically anyone could have beat the Giants on Sunday. And uh, Yeah, not looking good for Danny Dimes and the boys. It's supposed to be a small step forward. Instead, it looks like they took a massive step back. Yeah, it was a tough week for the Giants. I'm, I'm very sorry, Sean, that you could not join on the uh, fun- join us in the win column yet. In, in the functional team commentary. The, well, I, I'm not ready to call the Browns functional just yet, but I got to say, it feels good to have a winning record. The Browns have not had a winning record since 2014. I was a freshman in high school in 2014. I am now a senior in college. 2014. I mean, I think that's bad, but then today I heard the Twins have lost 18 playoff games in a row. They do, They have. That's <laughs> so, it's, it's been really tough for Minnesota. You got something to aspire to. Additionally, the Browns have not been 2-1 and one since 2011. There are only three options. Excuse me, four options. 3-0, and 2-1. One and two, zero oh and three. So that would be f- three choose three. <laughs> no, <laughs> they have not been two and one or better since twenty eleven. They're finally there again. It took them until twenty twenty. They beat the Washington Football Team, also known as the Washington Dinosaurs, by a score of thirty four to twenty. Uh, that score, while it is nice to see there, it should have been more. For being completely honest, the Redskins were. Completely atrocious on offense for most of the game. Uh, they had five turnovers. Dwayne Haskins threw three interceptions, and he also fumbled. And the Browns' defense, with all their injuries, just kind of let them hang around the game until the fourth quarter. Now that we got the bad out of the way, let's talk about the good that we saw here. Baker Mayfield this season, it's not like he's going to light up the stat sheet with a million yards like he did at Oklahoma. This offense is very different for that. Kevin Stefanski wants to lean on the run game that is the strength of this team and then use the play action off of that to hit some downfield passes. That's exactly what Baker Mayfield did in this game. With the exception of the one throw that should have been picked, but then uh, elite defensive back Odell Beckham Jr. knocked it out of the air. Mayfield was pinpoint all game. He threw two touchdowns. He made the throws when he had to. He got Beckham and Landry involved a little bit. I was very happy with what I saw from him. I would like to see some more downfield shots. The season goes on. But this is a great place to start at. He didn't mess it up. I still believe that he is the future at the quarterback position in Cleveland. And it's crazy to me that people keep saying, oh, Baker should, you know, like they're evaluating Baker's future this year. 
When was the last time the Browns had a quarterback that lasted more than a season? When was the last time? This guy's a hero in my eyes for lasting this long. Yeah. It's incredible what he's been able to accomplish based off of Cleveland's history at the quarterback position. But moving on to the running backs. Man, this combo is good. It is much better than I could have even thought. Last season, we really didn't see the Chubb and Hunt duo do much together. This season, they have been feeding off each other. Chubb was excellent in this game. He made an in-game adjustment where he missed a cutback earlier in the game. He hit it the next time he saw it and scored a beautiful 15-yard touchdown. He added another 20-yard touchdown later in the day, went over 100 yards, was fantastic the whole day. Hunt was not as efficient running the ball, but he added some impact in the receiving game. He caught one of Mayfield's two touchdown passes. And it's just, it's by far and away the best running back duo in the NFL. And I've said that a million times on this show, but it's just worth saying again. Uh, in the receiving game, again, not a lot of yards to be thrown there. But Beckham, Landry, Hooper, and Hunt all had decent contributions in the passing game. Harrison Bryant, the rookie tight end, scored his first career touchdown, which was excellent to see as well, with David Njoku being hurt. And on the defensive side of the ball, I'm still very worried, especially with how well Dak has been throwing the ball this year. And Cleveland goes to Dallas next week. Uh, the secondary is banged up. Denzel Ward left this game, the Browns' top corner. Uh, Kevin Johnson and Mac Wilson were eased back into the game. Neither looked excellent, but again, they've been fighting injuries. I just hope that Greedy Williams comes back next week to give some help in the secondary because, man, if you're getting burnt by Dontrell Inman twice in one game, it's not looking too good. Uh, but I will say the defensive line looks excellent still. Miles Garrett had two sacks, including a strip sack in this one. Sheldon Richardson played well again. Like I said, the Browns had three interceptions in this game. Overall, I'm incredibly happy. They're 2-1. and one. They have a winning record for the first time in six years. I have no complaints. And, yeah, that's what I got. Not bad. Now, Finn, you, you keep talking about Baker Mayfield here as if he's a game manager, not a number one pick. Do you think he'll take a step forward once <laughs> this run? Whoa. Whoa. Colin, big sneeze. I think he'll take a step forward here once, like, I mean, this running game is established. It's like two, three games, and now he gets more comfortable, takes those shots. Do you think he'll really be able to, I guess, really take that next step forward? Do you think he's going to stay in the, uh, like, just, I don't want to call the Mark Sanchez category, but, like, that sort of style. Alex Smith category. <laughs> like, before he was good. <laughs> Baker Mayfield is as far from a game manager as I've ever seen as a quarterback prospect. Again, you look at these stats right now, you can say that's kind of what he's doing, but the essence of Baker Mayfield he's supposed to be Brett Favre, so is the swashbuckling, deep-shot quarterback. Huck it up. You're going to take the picks with the touchdowns. That's who he is. But he hasn't been good at it so far. No, he has not. So, what we're looking at here is establishing an identity on offense. I do think those deep shots come back, but it's not like he's going to be playing Big 12 football anymore. Uh, he still has that within him, but I'm not expecting him to throw for 5,000 yards in a season or anything like that, but I still expect him to be very good. Good to hear. Colin time. All right, guys. Well, Lions won. First time in 336 days. <laughs> we almost made it a year. Almost. Um, the first time under Matt Patricia that the Lions have ever intercepted multiple passes. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Um, look, some of the guys played really well. Jamie Collins played incredibly well. 
Kenny Galladay, having Kenny Galladay back was more meaningful than I could possibly tell you. Jonah Jackson played great, little rookie guard action. Stafford played fine. I mean, he led that game-winning drive. Hawk played well. I mean, there's a lot of things to like, right? A lot of things that we can, uh, can you hang your hat on. Akuda got he got roasted a little bit early, but I mean, he came back, made some nice plays, had a nice pick. Uh, Kyler passing was not great. So they, that's something you obviously have to take into account. But, like, look, I'm obviously going to take a win against the Cardinals, who look really good this year. Here's where my sad lion stat comes in. Oh, no. Even in a win. Still in has win. one. Even in a win where you thought they were going to get crushed. All right. And in the first half, the Lions went 50-50 run pass on first downs. Makes sense. They had 11.7 yards per attempt and a 71% passing success rate. In the second half, the Lions ran the ball on 11 of 15 first downs and averaged 1.5 yards per carry for 18% <laughs> success rate. Last year, the Lions... Had a 50-50 run pass in the first half, first downs. Always do well passing. Their passing grades are always consistently great. Then in the second half, they skew significantly run heavier on first downs, and they average 2.5 yards per carry and a 31% success rate. The Lions in the second half, let's, let's look at these stats. Under Bevel and Patricia, the Lions have 8 points in the first quarter per game. That's pretty good. That is. That's like you're, oh, you're looking at 32 points per game? 7 points in the second quarter. It's not bad. It's yeah. not 15 points in the first half. Great. I'm You're off to a great like, start. Like one and a half in the third quarter. You're looking at 3.8 third quarter points and 5.8 fourth quarter points. Only nine teams scored fewer second half points in the last two years. After And like that, you're like, oh, nine teams, not that bad. Most of these teams were also really bad in the first half. That's just mostly bad offenses. The Lions are, should be a good offense because they have a good quarterback. This is almost entirely coming down to game planning. And the fact that when Matt Patricia gets a lead, uh, how do I say this delicately? Um, I can't say it delicately. He's a weak coach. Ah, yes. There you go. Sure, you can good. think of the many colorful names I was about to call Patricia in that moment. In he my is head. not good at football. I ran through about. I kept trying to figure out something that would be appropriate for the show. I ran through about thirty different things, <laughs> and nothing was nothing was good. But hey, obviously I'm going to take a win. I mean, Matt Patricia has still been an abject failure for the Detroit Lions. At least yeah. Jamie Collins looked really good. Yep. John Harmon looked good too. I mean, hey, we're playing the Saints, who are one and two as well. So it's a push. It's a push. I mean, you can't. Uh, what are you going to do about that game, Colin? I might bet on it. The Lions are getting four points. Seems like a uh, seems like more points than they scored in the third quarter. Fifty-four and a half line, or, uh, over under in that game. A lot, points. a lot of points. That's high. Yep. So we'll see. I mean, here's the thing, though. The Lions, like they play the Saints, right? Mm-hmm. This is their schedule after the Saints game. Jags. Falcons, Colts, Vikings, Washington football team, Panthers. That's like their stretch of games. That's like a those teams are can, not those teams can, are not good right now. You could do well. I would say the Colts are the only team I would be. And even the Colts have been like 
eh. They've been okay. They've been okay. Yeah. Like, they've been, like, not terrible. Like, mm-hmm. the Lions, if they're any good, should win that game. But, yeah, I don't know, guys. I don't know. I mean, I obviously <laughs> I'm happy. Even in a win I'm that happy, you're doubting. I'm like... happy that we got a win. That win came because Kyler threw three picks, but I'll take it. Or, or... The Matt Patricia defense finally materialized. The rocket scientists did it. He did play more zone this week, which was like good. Yeah. Pressure the quarterback more, which is also good. Which means that next week he's going to go back to his philosophy. Like oh, oh, his philosophies. So, yeah, there's a there's a there's a meme that my friend sent me. I'll go depressing lions meme segment. <laughs> the meme where it's like the SpongeBob. It's uh, who's the evil dude? Like showing the license to Patrick. He's like, this is your license as Patrick Starr. And he's like. This is your wallet. It's not my wallet. It's like that meme. Yeah. But it says, this is a win, right? Patricia says, yep. And it says, and you played almost three times as much zone coverage as any other game this season. And it's like, yep. And Tracy Walker outstepped Will Harris 100% to 29%. Yep. And Jared Davis did not start for the first time and played the lowest number of snaps in his career. Sounds right to me. So what are you going to do? So are you going to do that again this week, right? Nope. That's not my philosophy. Yep. We'll see. I'm. We started drinking the Kool Aid a little bit again in my group chat, and it's bad because we're all going to be crushed again. That's the Lions fan of his fans. Getting your hopes up and then getting them absolutely stabbed. Spoken out. like a true dysfunctional team fan. Yeah. I can't even be happy for a win because I should know what's coming next. <laughs> and on that cheery note, I have a depressing Lions stat for you. Yay. I found a graph. It's charting the impact of a team's blitz rate, how often they blitz, and seeing, based off of that, what their pass rush win rate is. So how often the team blitzes, and how often they win on their rushes. This diagram is very, very small, and I can pick out one thing, and it is a blue lion in the bottom left-hand corner. The bottom left is usually not good for graphs. All the teams are hovering around this midpoint. Some are a little bit higher, some are a little bit lower, but it's like a normal graph you see where these, you know, like it's a residual where they're all pretty much on equal sides of the line of best fit. We the Steelers are way up in the top right. They're doing great. We do not use the R word or the the B word or the OSL. None of those terms make an appearance in the show. None of those terms make an appearance in the show? No. Okay. I spend too much time with regressions and least squares lines and residuals. and oh, I miss, so the, I miss the QQ plot. That's all I want to say. <laughs> Fair enough. All the way in the bottom left corner of this graph, and this graph will be posted on our Twitter at STT underscore Villanova, is a lonely lion. Not only is it on the bottom left of the graph, it's the feet of the lion are below the axis. It it is so far away from any other team. And they have a defensive coach. I'm gonna say the feet of the lion are below the axis. God, the Steelers thing makes me so happy. So yeah, the, the left axis is pass rush win rate and the bottom axis is percentage blitz. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Not only do we not ever win pass rush, we also don't blitz. No. The feet are below the axis. Defensive coach, defensive mastermind. Anyone except Trey Flowers literally just can't do 
a single thing at all. Yeah, that is that is that is something else. Too. There you go. All right. Thought I'd get in the fun. Yeah, the fun's gotta get in the fun. Yes. You gotta get in the, in the spirit of the holiday. <laughs> in the spirit of the holiday. All right. I thought I'd add a little fantasy segment in there this week. Sure. We don't talk a lot about fantasy football. Colin's life is consumed by fantasy football at certain points. My life is also consumed some days by fantasy football. And Sean is. How are you doing in the league right now? Three and zero. I'm three and zero in one league, two and one in uh, the league that we're in together that no one paid attention to, and <laughs> I'm one and two in another league. So evens up. Two leagues here. So a league with some Villanova friends. I'm three and zero. I've got Mahomes. I've got Derrick Henry, Hill, Ridley, Higby, Metcalf. The team is firing on all cylinders. We're beating opponents by sixty points a game. And then I've got the club baseball team. Oh, no. Um, I have Christian McCaffrey, Sterling Shepard, Tariq Cohen. I had someone else that was on IR. I forgot who it was. I cut them. Daniel Don- Danny Dimes is my starting QB. I picked up Gardner Minshew, and then he didn't do anything. Uh, so, yeah, that team's struggling, Colin. I just picked up Adrian, Adrian Peterson as my starting running back. <laughs> Yikes. So, uh, my team's struggling in LA, too, man. Yeah. Um, Colin, I might need to team up. It's uh, it's it's becoming a problem. I believe I'm in eighth and Collins in ninth. Dude, it's sad. I mean, my my team like, I've I've been missing George Kittle the last couple of weeks, which has been tough. But my and AJ, AJ Brown too. But my team's not been performing. All I can say is we're just gonna focus on the one team is three zero, and uh, that's all we're gonna do. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. All right, so we're gonna do a couple quick rapid fire. Uh, top ads, drops, buy low, and sell high for some players that we have opinions on going into week four here. I'll kick it off with my top week four ad. I know a lot of people are going to talk about Justin Jefferson, some of the other rookies here that are starting to heat up, but I'm going to go off the radar a little bit. A guy that we talked about last year mostly because he had a funny name and he came from being a basketball player that didn't play football in college to playing in the NFL. But now he's really carving out a role. In the Indianapolis Colts offense, of course, I'm talking about Colts tight end, Mo Ali Cox. Yes, sir. He caught Rivers' 400th career touchdown this weekend. He scored the uh, last week as well. He is excellent in this offense. He's taking over some of the snaps from Jack Doyle. He looks like the receiving tight end in this offense. And we all know Phillip Rivers loved throwing to another former basketball player tight end during his time in San Diego. Of course, that being Antonio Gates. I think Mo Ali Cox is a great option for your backup tight end for your fantasy teams and a potential starter if he continues to play like this. I just picked him up and dropped Jack Doyle. There you go. <laughs> Look at that. There we go. You see, that's how good this team is. And I'm in the Nova League I'm in. I haven't even had to look at my bench yet. The, everyone's just been producing. I didn't even realize I had Jack Doyle. There you, there you go. go. Molly Cox. Now I've got Molly Cox. There you go. Beautiful. Now Colin and I are racing in the baseball league to pick up Molly Cox. <laughs> Dude, I have three tight ends in this league. I can't like I can't I can't have any more. Now, not that he's gonna listen to this, but uh shout out Trevor for sending me a different trade for Travis Kelsey every single day. <laughs> and then it's always two players on his bench, mm-hmm. one of which is Kareem Hunt. Yep. And then like a wide receiver. And I'm like, dude, like no, like, you're going to have to give me the house. And he just keeps giving me, like, the shed, the car, the lawnmower, the snowmobile, anything else. But no, he's not uh, 
he's not available. And uh, yeah, I got to go find Mo Ovi Cox now. So maybe I can trade him to someone else. There you go. Perfect. Uh, my drop for week four is going to be Pittsburgh Steelers running back Benny Snell. It looked like he was going to carve out a role in this offense, especially after James Conner went down with that injury a couple weeks ago. However, it appears that rookie running back out of Maryland, Anthony McFarland Jr., appears to have taken Snell's spot in this offense. He's getting more snaps. He looked good last week in limited work. It looks like Snell's going to be pushed to the bench here. And, uh, yeah, if you're in a deep league, I might take a look at McFarland, but I, you know, I don't know, maybe it's not worth it. You're just waiting for Connor to get hurt in that case. Yeah. Fair enough. My buy low for this week is going to be Bengals running back Joe Mixon. He's way more talented than this. I don't know what's been going on with the game plan so far. I think the Bengals have just fallen behind and they haven't been running the ball as much. Mixon's much better than this. See if you can get him on the cheap. He is an excellent running back. And my sell high is going to be Patriots running back Sony Michelle. Yes, he did have 117 yards rushing this week, but that was only on nine carries. They're giving... A similar amount of carries to some guy named J.J. Taylor. They also gave a carry this week to a wide receiver named Isaiah Zuber. Good. Sony Michelle is not long for New England, in my opinion. I think once his contract's up, they're going to let him go and move on to some other running back. He has disappointed quite a bit. I'm sure Patriots fans, and I'm in a weird position where I wouldn't want this to happen because I'm also a Browns fan, so I'm sure Patriots fans are kicking themselves that they didn't draft Nick Chubb instead of Sony Michelle in 2018. Um, yeah, so I would sell high if you have Sony Michelle on your team. Colin, you have anybody? Oh, dear. Okay. So, yeah, I do. Um, ad, my ad for this week is if you can get him, um, go grab. I mean, like, see, that's the problem. In these leagues, I don't know who's necessarily available. I will say... Like, obviously, Justin Jefferson, if he's available. But. Yeah, Justin Jefferson's going to be great. Logan Thomas at tight end. If Jarek's on your wire, obviously grab him. You guys should have already picked him up after I talked about him last week. You fools. You fools. Um, Corey Davis. I think A.J. Brown's knee injury has been a little serious. Uh, I think Corey Davis is going to be – he hasn't been bad. He's going to be better. Drops. Um, trying to think. Who do I have that I need to drop? You can drop Zach Moss for your shallow league. He's been hurt, and Singletary looks easy to be there for a while. You can keep him if you need to, but you can drop Naheem Hines. Might pick him up. But here's the buy low, sell high. Buy low, go buy Deontay Johnson right now if you can get him. The owner might be upset after he left that game with a concussion. Uh, if you can buy, he's going to be a wide receiver two this year, in my opinion. He's been a low wide receiver two, the wide receiver two maybe if he if he keeps playing well. He's gonna, he's looked really really good. Juju maybe isn't getting the targets that we possibly expected from him, and Deontay's been fantastic so far, and I think he's just going to get better. Uh, so high. If any quarterback that's really doing like really well, you can sell. Um, Josh poor, Allen, for example, maybe not Josh Allen because I think Josh Allen's rushing is gonna is gonna keep keep okay. him bleed up. Like if you, I think you should sell Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot of name value there. You might be able to get like top, really top pricing for him. For a quarterback's probably gonna be five to eight this year. He played he's played well this year, but he's also played the Lions so far. He's played a couple of easy teams. Played the Vikings, I think. Um, Really, like just guys like that, or their name value, especially in a position like quarterback, where unless you're, I'm just saying, like a two quarterback league, quarterbacks aren't necessarily that valuable, right? Like you can find good quarterback play in a lot of places. 
Um, I'd like to interject as someone who has Danny Dimes and Gardner Minshew. Uh, Minshew's been great this year, except for last, he, he, he had a stinker last week. But he's going to be good again this week, Sean. Feel feel confident in, in Minshew this week. Already. Yeah. It's uh, – you can buy low on Hawkinson or if you can buy like Johnny Smith, like those guys too, go get him. There are a lot of things to admire about Colin. One of them that we just saw right there is he sticks up for his guys no matter. He just named two of his five guys from last week's top five segment in this segment that was supposed to have a total of four people in it. Yeah, I, I respect you. that. Thank you, Finn. He stands by his he stands by his guys no matter what. Stand by my dudes. Yes, of course. Now Finn also just laughed because during this segment, I was looking at my teams and. Uh, as I mentioned, our friend Trevor has been sending me a trade every single day of Travis Kelsey. And they're all ridiculous. So I just respond with equal, equally ridiculous trades in return. Uh, it's, a, it's a great cycle we got going here. Do you want to do a fantasy thing or just move on to bullets and more material? You can do either. Um, let's just move on to bullets and more material. I think we, uh, we pretty much covered all the essential ads and drops this week. Um... Two of my teams injury played, and I was doing all right. But uh, we'll get through it. Um, we're going to have a strong team. We're, our team chemistry is going up, and uh, Rodrigo Blankenship's on my screen. It's time to move on. <laughs> Fair enough. Also, the uh, one of the leagues I'm in is so deep. It is uh, 12 teams, 20 players per team, that the only person that I picked up this week was Ryan Fitzpatrick. So that's where we're at in that league right now. Moving on to bulletin board material. Of course, this is the segment where we look at a quote from the week that we thought was either funny or some other team can use as bulletin board material. Sean, would you like to kick it off? Sure. Um, so I already talked about this, I think. I think I may mention it on the show. Um, there's a tweet from a New York sports writer at the end of the Giants game that said, I think the Jets might actually have competition for the worst team in the NFL. Followed up about five minutes later, and the Jets are playing. He said, "Okay, I take that back. Like, no, they're still really, really bad, but they're a little bit better than the Jets." And then another guy points out two different 49ers quarterbacks have a win at MetLife Stadium this year. Zero New York quarterbacks. I don't even think they have a lead. This is how pathetic it is. No wins. Um, it is bad. Uh, maybe the 49ers get another win next year beforehand because, hey, I don't see either one of these teams winning home. <sighs> fair enough, fair enough. All right, my bulletin board material is not exactly going to be a quote here, but it is something that could definitely be used as bulletin board material over the weekend. Great weekend for college football. SEC came back. Uh, this is a big 12 game, actually. Texas Tech at Texas. It was a shootout the whole game. Texas Tech took a big lead late in the fourth quarter, prompting some members of Texas Tech on the sideline to do the famed horns down celebration, mocking Texas, basically doing the Texas Longhorn thing, but upside down, hence the name Horns Down. And about three minutes later, Texas came back, tied the game, and then won it in overtime. So that's a really bad look. Definitely a freezing cold take there from the Texas Tech sideline doing that before the game had already finished. Coach Dogs never would have let such thing happen. Coach Dogs never would have let that happen. Colin, who is looking like, I, I can't place it right now, but definitely a member of the Avatar world based off of how his hair is falling in front of his head right now. Um, no, it, it's uh, Zuko when he grows out his hair and he cuts the ponytail. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I got one. I got one. So, yes. All right. I'm going to – apparently this came out earlier this week or a little bit ago. I don't really know when it came out, but – oh, wait. No, this is a good one. <laughs> Got one. All right. Mike Zimmer. I forgot about this. Mike Zimmer was trying to talk about how his team, you know, they got to start winning games. They're on three. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've been telling them we can't start winning games until we stop losing. And right now we are doing things to beat ourselves. I'm just not going to deal with it anymore. So Mike Zimmer made it clear to his 0-3 team that they, in fact, cannot win games while they are losing them. Just just can't, can't, can't handle that logic right there. Some sound logic. I mean, there. if that doesn't make you want to run through a brick wall, <laughs> I don't know what does. And uh, to quote the great Michael Jordan, the ceiling is the roof. ceiling is the roof. <laughs> Moving on to Lil Wheels here. Sean could kick us off. He already teased us a little bit earlier in the show, but here's even more. Yeah, no, I already said this. Uh, little Weedle, when you're a team and you're a Little Weedle, you did something extremely wrong. This isn't like a boneheaded play or a mistake. It's just the existence of a franchise. The Atlanta Falcons, something needs to change. They're now synonymous with blowing <laughs> leads. They blew another one this week against the Bears. And uh, as I said earlier, it's like, you're watching a superhero movie, and the Falcons are the villain who wins most of the time, and you just know at the end, like, something's going to happen, and they're going to lose every single time without fail. And my backup little Weedle, just in case I already talked about that, which I did, was the Chargers had a hook and ladder. Oh. And uh, Keenan Allen's lateral to Austin Eckler was very, very bad. It resulted in a turnover. I mean, Eckler uh, still should have caught it, dude. It was, like, right – hit him right in the shoulder. It was just a sloppy play. It was a sloppy, but it was gonna work too if they, if that pitch was good. Eckler caught it. If Eckler caught it, he would have scored. He would have scored. It was wide open. Just a, a nice little touch pass. Can't get it done. Uh, need to work on your lateraling skills. Yes. 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 All right. So I will reveal my real little Weedle at the end of this. But I just realized that I had a bunch of stats that I sent to myself that I was gonna read throughout the show. But I'm now gonna spin them into little weedles i guess and then have my real one at the end here so my first little weedle here it's going to be carson wentz this stat here is the most turnover worthy plays in 2020 oh no so this is not the most turnovers but the most plays where it's like yeah that could have been picked off or yeah he fumbled it tied for second place two quarterbacks mitch trubisky and Dwayne Haskins. Both have six. Mind you, Dwayne Haskins had four turnovers against the Browns on Sunday. So they only have six. He had four turnovers in one game. They only have six. This is through three weeks. Either of you have guesses for how many Carson Wentz has? Nine. Twelve. Dude. He is doubling them. He has 12 turnover-worthy plays in 2020 so far. I don't know what's wrong with him, but it is not looking good. <laughs> Dude, how much worse can Hurts be? Like, honestly, he I can't be worse. He literally cannot physically be worse. No, I, I, yeah, I just, yeah. It's absurd. Second little Weedle is the Seahawks organization for not letting Russ cook because his 14 touchdown passes through three games is the most in NFL history. Of course it is. 
Dude, he, he might throw 60 touchdowns this year. He might throw 60. It's insane. It's just absolutely insane what he's been doing. Third little Weedle, the LSU defense. LSU coming off of their national championship allowed Stanford transfer quarterback, now at Mississippi State, K.J. Costello, to throw for over 600 yards. It's not good. That's not even video game numbers. That's past video game numbers. 600 yards in one game. The Mike Leach era in Mississippi State is off to a very good start. And now, staying in the state of Mississippi, is my real little Weedle of the Week. Last week I had my top five of all those turnover celebrations. We talked about the turnover chain, the turnover chain saw, the turnover plank, and all those other fun things. Ole Miss has a celebration for this year. They give the player... A like what looks like from a cartoon sack of money. Now you might be like, oh, that's you know kind of funny, yeah, whatever. But then you think about the context, the scandal that Ole Miss went through a few years ago, centered around the bag men. Bag men are people that pay college athletes to come to their school. Ole Miss got in all that trouble because one of their bag men went public about paying players. And they lost a bunch of scholarships. Their coach got fired and everything like that. And so now their sideline celebration is giving somebody a bag of money. That is no self-awareness, but very funny for us. I just thought that was incredible that they're going for the bag men celebration. That was pretty funny. And that's my little wheel. My little wheel's going to be a little more serious. We're going to be in the sphere of little wheels, but Tristan Hill, your scumbag. It was an awful play. And he tried to – Chris Carson was laying down. He kind of, like, grabbed his knee and, like, twisted and rolled on top of him. Come on, man. That's dirty. Don't do that. I think that should be at least a suspension for a game or something. That was, that was pretty blatantly dirty in my opinion. So, Tristan Hill, with my, all my power on the show, I cancel you. For, Aha! For our thousands of impressionable viewers. Good luck with your jersey sales now, Tristan Hill. Yeah, all those Tristan Hill jerseys oh, out dude, there. They're flying off the shelves, they and are, I stopped it all. They are just halted. Hard, screeching stop for Tristan Hill. <laughs> that was a very dirty play, though. You never like to see that. That That's not even an unwritten rule. That's just like you're being a bad human if you roll up on somebody's leg like that and twist. Uh, you hate to see that, and he probably should get suspended for at least a game. Alrighty, moving on to the most electric segment of this show. Of course, we're talking about our game picks. We don't even pick against the spread. We just pick them straight up, and somehow we still struggle at this mightily. We bad. We're our records. <laughs> we didn't have a great week last week. So instead of sixteen games last week, it was fifteen because, of course, the Bengals and Eagles tied. So we didn't count that game. Coming in third place last week is Colin, seven and eight. I literally went less than eighty percent on not spread. Correct. Good. And you're gonna bet on Sunday. Yep. Good thoughts, Sean. In second place at eight and seven, and myself in first place for the week at nine and six, making up some much needed games on Sean. And for that's those... with me winning the Lions game against you guys. Too. That is correct. That is with you winning the Lions game. Uh, people that won. Picking against the other two, meaning that they were the only person to pick this game or pick the correct winner. Sean picking the Bills over the Rams. Nice pick. You were correct. 
We also had Collins Lions. You were the only one to correctly pick the Lions. And Sean, again, correctly picking the Chiefs to beat the Ravens on Monday night. And myself picking the Panthers over the Chargers. How did we all have confidence in the Falcons? It's <laughs> a great question. We had no confidence in Mitch Trubisky. We didn't know Foles was coming in. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. All right, moving on to week four, though. Total records in third place, Colin at 27 and 19, myself in second place at 29 and 17, and Sean clinging to a one game lead at 30 and 16 in first place. I'm out for blood this week. I'm looking to take over the lead going into week five. We are kicking it off with an absolutely atrocious game on Thursday night. It's Broncos at Jets. Who made the Thursday night schedule? I don't know. Both these teams are 0 3, and they're both very bad. If the over-under in a football game is 40 and a half. <laughs> so low. I mean, that's like, that's pathetic. I mean, you don't think between the two teams you're really going to break 20? Um, this is bad. Uh, I'm going to go with the Broncos. Uh, I think the Jets uh, are on a different planet, and they need Trevor Lawrence pretty badly. Did you already go? No. I'm just done. Um, as much as I do love Jeff Driscoll, I love Frank Gore more. I'm going to go with the Jets in this game. I think they pulled the first one out. I'm going to agree with Colin. I'm also going with the Jets. But not for the reason that he said. Colin, you are incorrect about the starting quarterback for the Broncos. Not Jeff Driscoll? It's Brett Ripien. Really? What happened to Driscoll? I don't know. But Brett Ripien, son or nephew or something of Mark Ripien, or Ripien, I don't know how to say his name, is making his first career start on Thursday Night Football. Yeah, not going to go well. I don't care how bad the Jets are. That's not going to end well for Denver. I'm going New York. Moving on. The 2-1 Colts at the 3-0 Nick Foles-led Bears. Yeah, I, I'm with Sean. I think the Bears are a weak 3-0, as good as their defense is. I like the Colts on the road to get this win. It's at Soldier Field. It's going to be cold and rainy. We're going with the Colts. Wait. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> what happened? Um, the Bears have not impressed me. I, I think the, Col- the Colts aren't a great team, but I think Philip Rivers gets it done. Yeah, I'm going to go Colts as well. All three of us in on the Colts. Before I go to this next game here, uh, the Yankees have the bases loaded with nobody out, and I'm scared. Uh, Jaguars at 1-2, and two, traveling to Cincinnati, who is 0-2-1. This is a tough one for me because... No, Bengals. I'm going Bengals. I'm not going to ponder the Jaguars here on the road. Um, Joe Burrow looks really good. He's the real deal. He gets his first career win this week at home. Go Tigers! Bengals. I'm going Bengals as well. Three on the Bengals. Look at us. All right, this is a tough one. There's two and one Cleveland Browns. Yes, the two and one Cleveland Browns travel to play the one and two Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yeah, it's tough. And I'm going Cowboys. Sorry, buddy. I'm going Cowboys as well. I don't like the Cowboys. I don't think they're that good. But the Browns are not this good either. Browns get some secondary players back this week. Cowboys defense has been underratedly very bad. Hasn't bad. Cleveland wins on the road. Jack is averaging 400 yards a game. Though. We don't talk about that. Ben, not break. 
Then that break. All right, moving on. The one and two Saints at the one and two Lions. This is another one where I I, I could go either way here. I did. I, I, this comes down to Matt Patricia for me. I don't think he can make the adjustments. Sean Payton's the better coach. I'm going Saints. Saints. I'm going Lions. I hope we get to show him back. We do this. I would. We get Hand and Chufon back. That'd be huge. I would not be surprised if Detroit won this game. Three and O Steelers at three and O Titans. Some team will get their first loss in this game. I postpone think the, until Monday yeah, or Tuesday. When, when is oh, it? I forgot about but, that. No, but no, but but, but it, they said it's going to post it. Let's just pick it in case it, it's played Tuesday. Tuesday night football would be electric. Um, Titans, I think, are a week three and zero. Even though they're not a bad team, give me the Steelers. Titans with two days of practice, one day of practice, maybe give me the Steelers. Same here. Lack of preparation, Steelers. 3-0 Seahawks at 1-2 Dolphins. This is not even a question. Seattle all day long. Hawks of the sea. The Hawks of the sea. 1-2 Chargers led by Justin Herbert at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are 2-1. Uh, Tampa Bay is looking to get on a roll right now. I'm going Tampa. 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 <laughs> That's, oh, my God. And crossed it out and accidentally paints paints in the last well, I crossed it out because that was the game that was tied. Yeah. Last week, so it was in that slot, I guess. Uh, two and one Ravens at one and two dinosaurs, otherwise known as the Washington Football Team. I don't think this is a question uh, either. Yeah, we're on Ravens. Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore. Now here's a great game. Is it? I thought we were looking at the next game. I thought we were looking at the uh, the zero and three Vikings, the zero and three Texans. We'll do that one now. The zero and three Vikings at the zero and three Texans. Texans. We've been talking about a lot of weak three and zero teams. Texans are a strong zero and three team. Give me Houston. They are yes, but I don't think the Vikings is bad either. Uh, go Minnesota. Deep breath from Colin. Who will he pick? I'll go Texans. Texans. Even though I don't like Texans, I think. My, my Texans are overrated pick. is not looking bad right now. Yeah, my Texans are underrated pick. It's looking pretty bad right now. Uh, <laughs> Three games on the 2-1, Cardinals. Fresh off the loss to the elite Detroit Lions. <sighs> Foul ball. At the 1-2, Panthers. Uh, Kylie Murray needs to cut down on the picks. But I definitely think that he's going to get the win this week. I don't believe in the Panthers too much. Same here. Cardinals, Panthers. Cardinals. Cardinals. Moving on to the 4 o'clock slate here, the 0-3 Giants at the 2-1 Rams. 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 Definitely the Rams. Sorry, Sean. Sticking with the strategy here. Sticking with the strategy. I haven't seared you wrong yet. This is a great one. The 2-1 Patriots at the 3-0 Chiefs. 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 No hesitation with the Chiefs. To me, because, just to keep things interesting here, I do think the Chiefs will win. However, I'm going to say this is one of those games where I'm going to go against my mind here. I'm going to go into England. The spread of this game is seven points. That's pretty crazy. Uh, 3-0 Bills at the 2-1 Raiders. Las Vegas. Offsetting. I'll go Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, I'll go Buffalo. They uh, they look very good so far, and I, the Raiders burned me last week. That they did. Sunday Night Football. I hope this does not say Sunday Night Football. It's a really bad game. Yeah, this is a good blowout. 0-2-1 Eagles at the 2-1 and 
carcass of the 49ers. 49ers. And I'm still picking that carcass. Mm-hmm. Given yeah, this is bad. 49ers. Nick Mullins is a bad. They, they have an advantage of quarterback with Nick Mullins. 0-3 Falcons at the 3-0 Packers on Monday Night Football. Maybe one of two Monday Night Football games. Packers. Packers, Packers, and Packers. All right, our week four picks are locked and loaded. Ready to watch some great football over the weekend. There is going to be a lot of movement here. Finn and I picked against each other, I think. They, a lot. A lot. <laughs> Quite a bit by design. I'm, I'm playing to win this week. I'm playing to overtake Sean this week. Watch Colin somehow get into the leader board there. <laughs> you see, you know I had a bad week, and I picked three games that no one else did, and I still only finished one game over 500. Yeah. Um, any either of you have anything else to add out there to the people? That's pretty much it. Uh, let's end the show before uh, Gio Rochelle empties the bases, and uh, we'll be good to go. Yeah. Um, have a great rest of your week, guys. And Sports Talk Therapy will return next week. Later, boys. Go, Cats. girls.